we go out on a bang and, and people will remember the cook shed as, as it was with me in it um, as the best place and we really miss it. Uh, I didn't want to end it because I was over it, because I'm not, I still love it. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Last time we caught up with Marty Boats, he dished up an incredible double episode account of his life in food, which all led to one of regional Australia's best culinary offerings. But after two years of uncertainty, Marty is calling it a day on the cook's shed in the Hawkesbury, New South Wales. Marty, how are you? I am fantastic, thank you. You've made uh, the decision um, to let go of Cook's Shed. Uh, Tell us a bit about that. Um, Look, this year I started out feeling um, a little weary after two years of COVID and also the flood of last year and just that sort of thing. And then we had the flood in February which we had to cancel um, or postpone a wedding that we had booked in for that time and also lost a huge birthday party um, that was prepaid and booked. And um, anyway, so I sort of started thinking that niggling feeling came over me and started thinking, oh, I don't know if I can keep doing this. And um, anyway, so I got over that and thought, no, push on push on and um and then everything started going quite well again and for about a month or two and then of course um the Hawkesbury was flooded again by even a larger flood than we had the previous ones and uh and then that's sort of when I decided okay um that was a sign um I just felt really isolated in those times of flood uh, at the farm even though I could get out um, but I had no electricity and I, I kept generators going because I had quite a bit of stock in my cool rooms and, um, and also I needed power in my cottage and it, and we, the water is, um, on the farm is actually pump driven. So, uh, yeah, just to have everything sort of running as normal, then, you know, having to fill up the diesel generator a few times a day and just stuff like that. And I don't know. I just didn't feel like I, <laughs> I really wanted to be in that space. Um, so I put the farm up for sale and uh, and then during that sec- that campaign, it flooded again. <laughs> um, and it was just like, does this, is this like on my auction day, because the farm was going to auction, it, no one could get to me. So it was, um, it was postponed. Anyway, there were there was some interested parties, and yes, I am hopefully today going to exchange on the contracts. So um, yeah, hopefully today I can, or the, this evening I can say I've sold my business and my farm. You've built this most extraordinary. Um offering and and created an incredible life in in the Hawkesbury. Tell us about the sort of the impact it's had on you in making that decision. Was it a tough decision? So tough. And I have to say when I shook the – it was a bit strange how it all happened. Last week the the buyer came by and wanted – 
came by the farm unexpectedly and wanted to have a chat to me. Anyway, I won't go into the details, but we we were chatting and then I told him the price that I wanted and he on the farm for an hour and came back and said, okay, well, let's just do this deal because he was pretty straight. He's a pretty straight shooter, which I admire. He's not a bully, but just one of those people that just want to know and an Aussie bloke. And uh, and I just thought, you know what, I, I'll, I just had to do it because I thought, you know, he was a lot, he's a local Hawkesbury person and I just thought, you know what, Marty, just shake his hand. So I did. And he then left and I went back to <laughs> chopping echelots, of course. I'm always chopping an echelot. And, um, and I just broke down. Like, it, seriously, I just thought, oh, my God, I all these things just ha- came flashing through my head and all of the things that I'd done and all the things that um, I dreamt of doing, which, you know, the majority of them have come true. Um, and I've, you know, again, having been supported through those two years through, um, doing food boxes and takeaway and all of that sort of thing, um, by the, you know, locals of the Hawkesbury really embraced the cook shed and I will never, ever forget that. And I'm really thankful to the community that surrounds me because basically I'm sort of in the middle of nowhere, but there's not really a town in Sackville, but um, there's definitely me. <laughs> and, and people came and they bought and, and I survived those two years and, and we survived um, flooding and, uh, and also building up towards being a, an event space. It wasn't really in my plan right at the beginning. The beginning plan was having market gardens and subdividing the garden into plots where chefs could come and actually do some gardening for themselves and grow things for their restaurants. And um, anyway, that I soon sort of thought that was not going to be a great idea because um, everyone's going to be wanting to grow different things and I didn't want to be responsible. And there was actually a flood back back right in 2013 when I first and 12 when I first started there it wasn't major but it did flood my my plot down the bottom not all of it but some of it and that really sort of changed my my mind on how I was going to do that so I decided to just farm that area myself uh, and then sell to the chefs in the city and that's sort of how I kept my name in uh, amongst the chefs because I was providoring to, you know, 15 to 20 restaurants a week, once a week from the Hawkesbury. As you discussed in detail, um, you turned it into an extraordinary event space. And you mentioned just earlier that things started to get better and you started putting events on and and stuff. What was it like putting on big events after the turmoil and upheaval of the last two years and getting back in, in that sort of space? Oh, it was really good because I really enjoy it. Like that's my that's my comfort zone and having lots of people there and having, um, having, and the staff, you know, my staff that stayed with me and were loyal and also, um, the other, the other girls and boys that came back to help us to do the events. They all really enjoy being there with me and, um, and doing, I think the first large one we did was about 80 and then we did a wedding for 120 so I think the 120 was sort of the biggest we'd done for for a long, long time, and uh, 
and that was a postponed wedding that we, I think that it was like third, fourth time lucky. And I think two of the times was COVID and two of the times was flooding. So anyway, they'd been married. They'd already gotten married. They went and got, this couple were married in a registry office um, or however they got married, just quiet, like quiet ceremony. And then they did, they just waited till they could have their big shindig at the shed. So um, it was really fun and it was, and everyone had such a good time and they were so grateful. Um, I think her parents were Maltese farmers and they could see the amount of work that we all did uh, to create that space to get it ready for um, for her for their daughter because uh, yeah it was really important to them and they they were very 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 grateful actually yeah was just humbled by the thanks that they gave me so that was really nice um, yeah. You built an amazing career uh, in Sydney and made a real name for yourself and, and had that huge change and went to the Hawkesbury and built the Cook's Shed. And, and you mentioned earlier that you achieved so many goals and ticked things off that you wanted to achieve during your time there. Um, how, how much has it changed you and your connection with food and your approach as a chef? Oh, yeah, I, I think I was saying to somebody the other day, I just recreated what I did in the city in a, in a tin shed in the country. Um, but it was a form, and my friend said, that is a formula that you chose to follow because it worked for you the first time. And then you just recreated that. And I did recreate it. And it is communal. And a lot of people have met different people there through um the Hawkesbury community that came to the shed on locals nights and things like that and be, have become friends. So, um, and there is a great amount of different diverse um, people that live um, in and around um, the shed. So there was always funsters there. And yeah, so getting back to the question, it was um, the achievements were farming and then, and then realizing that I did want to do an event space and then and then doing some events bare minimum. Like when I look at the pictures of what the shed looked like in 2014 when we first did a wedding there, I just think, oh my God. <laughs> like it was it was literally an empty tin shed with tables and some and some drop lights and we cooked out of paella pans and washed out of it um, an old laundry sink, uh, cement laundry sink with a hot water urn as our hot water to wash everything. And we washed everything by hand um, and had this great bench made. So that was a feature. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just, and then getting, you know, fast forwarding to now where I've got a full commercial kitchen, um, beautiful bathrooms. We, we never had bathroom. We always had um, portaloos and then later on we had these other fancy toilets and um but all of that was very costly to hire all the equipment constantly um so i did get some partners in to help me build the shed they and um i was very lucky that they let me do what i i did but we did finish building the new shed or the new kitchen on the i think we spoke about this the last time which was the um the 13th of march 2020 and so we did a wedding that day, and then our, and then a week later we were closed. You know, with, there was lockdown, so we closed. So that was, um, yeah, that was that was an eye opener. 
you mentioned the loyalty of staff. Uh, who, who's been sort of really integral to the success um, of, of your dream with the Cook's Shed? Um, mainly, well, there's been a lot of people, um, but Madeline Crowell and her mum, Wendy, um, they have been with me for about six years and uh, Madeline does all of the uh, bookings and is hosts uh, or hosts people when they when they arrive and um, ticks their name off and organises lots of refunds, which we had to do over the last few years. So she was a bit of a refund queen and um, and also a bookkeeper, my bookkeeper, um, Kay Richardson, who I couldn't have lasted this long without her. Like she really, um, you know, drip-feeded everyone, but just enough that I never <laughs> was complained about. But, um, yeah, very lucky to have people that surround me um, that do the work that I can't do. Um, and, it, and I think that's a really big lesson for people you cannot do everything yourself. You know, you, you, you must surround yourself with people that, that help you um, and you can really get on with, but they do that particular job that you can't do, which is, you know, either managing people, managing the funds to keep you going and, um, and also, you know, gardeners and, um, and you just stick to the thing that you're strongest at. And my strong point, obviously, is feeding people being generous and um, and and hosting when I can. So yeah, there's there's a big um, there's a there's a there's a big lesson for everyone in that. Really surround yourself with the right people because you need to. You, otherwise, you just get burnt out. And I just wanted to finish on that sentence with, I wanted to finish at the shed, loving it, and I wanted to finish at the shed. Um, that all of my, all of the people that worked with me, um, or work with me still at the moment, um, we go out on a bang and, and people will remember the cook shed as, as it was with me in it, um, as the best place and we really miss it. Uh, I didn't want to end it because I was over it because I'm not, I still love it. I just, I just know that maybe in six months <laughs> in the future, I wouldn't. And, um, and I certainly didn't want to portray that to my customers and to the people that love us so much. You must be so consumed with um, the stories of the past and letting go of the cook's shed and everything that you've created. But have you given thought to what, what's coming next? I have got a plan, but I'm, I'm just not ready to sort of – I'm just not ready yet. I, I need to have a break. Um, I'm going to go up and hang out with my mum in Brisbane for a while um, after um, this six weeks is over. Like I need to do some packing and, and um, yeah, I'm going to drive up to Queensland and see my mum and, and then just – reconnect with some friends up there and and then I'll I'll just make a decision after that well it's it's amazing what you've done uh, Marty and um, incredible what the impact that you've had on so many people with what you have um, how, how are you going to look back at your time at the cook's shed oh of um, of learning of being able to make something out of nothing uh, 
you know, when I think of, you know, what was I thinking driving into a property with two big tin sheds and a clapped out little cottage and um, lantana growing everywhere? I don't know. I really, I don't, I don't understand. I, if I could go back and sort of ask that person, what is your, I'd really like to know what that person's vision was. Obviously you saw something. Well, I did see it. I was there, but I, I saw something. It wasn't, yeah, there, but the events weren't there at that time. Um, it was more focused on the land, the floodplain and farming that floodplain. Um, the tin sheds weren't really, um, uh, yeah, I just didn't know what, what I was going to do with those. Um, but um, obviously they, they've been an integral part of, of the place. Uh, and... Um, and yeah, just uh, yeah, I'd just really like to have. But one person or a few people, Alex Herbert, Victoria Alexander, for example, and David Thompson, who were the first two people that I took up there with with me um, to show them what I'd bought. <laughs> I remember clambering through, rustling through with David and Victoria, and, and but Victoria was the one. She said, "This needs to be a." event space. This is what you should do to one of, you know, the, the smaller shed. She said it, it'd be great for events. And I'd never even thought about it. Like never. That, that had not crossed my mind. So yeah, that was, that was a funny day actually, because that really planted the seed in my head. And we didn't really do an event there until um, the first wedding, which we did for friends of mine that said, I want to have our wedding in that shed. And I went, really? I said, there's a lot of work, a lot of work to do in that shed. Um, but, but we actually, we, we, I pulled it off and it was, I think it was about 140 people and, um, they were both, uh, Asian. And so, yeah, I, I know that I cooked suckling pig from Melanda park and, and I was so terrified that it wasn't going to work because I was cooking it in this stainless steel oven thing that I'd hired and, um, oh, and it was the most beautiful, ended up being most beautiful translucent skin. And I was just like, I really thanked whoever was looking after me for that because um, I hadn't cooked in one of those before. It was, they're like a large stainless steel um, Weber that you put the lid down and then, and then I just put it on high and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it worked. <laughs> Well, uh, Marty, as ever, it's an absolute honour to have you on Deep in the Weeds to catch up. Good luck with whatever comes next. I'm sure it'll be incredibly successful. Oh, I'll, I'm sure I'll let, you, I'll let everyone know when, when that time comes. But, um, yeah, again, thank you to everyone. And um, I hope that, yeah, making something from nothing inspires a few young people out there because it's really important. Um, and, yeah, surround yourself with people that, um, love you and, and want to support you and move you forward. Don't get dragged dragged back by anyone. Thanks, Marty. Look forward to catching up again soon. Okay, mate. Bye. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well. <laughs>